0: Welcome back to the Off the Dome Sports Podcast, your favorite sports podcast where two and sometimes three sports lovers sitting of their hot takes.
1: Off the Dome, I am Redfish. I'm Rebel Hustle, and I'm Mustang.
0: And we will be steering this ship today. Do you lift? Oh, do I? Thanks, Rebo Hustle. Just wanted to let it be known that Rebo Hustle lifts Mustang cracks cold ones and I want you to follow us on Twitter at off the underscore dome pod. That's where you'll find all the news. All the times we be going live, Tuesdays at seven all the time. Always check us on Spotify after the show's over if you want to re-listen to it. Without the beautiful distraction of our faces. And of course follow the No Network at B in the No. K N E A U X, the only way to spell it on good old X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it nowadays. Also on Facebook, um, and follow all the people that are a part of the network as well. So really excited to see uh, what we got going on today's show. Um, We'll start off, you know, gotta start with the good. Yeah, gotta gotta start off with the good. We have the good, the bad, and the ugly this week. We'll start off with the good, and uh, that's a team that two of you are representing right now. Uh, The New Orleans. I've got one of the colors on, uh, but the New Orleans Saints. Gotta talk about the New Orleans Saints. And we got the flag back there. Rebo hustle, repping in the hoodie. Mustang wrapping in the hoodie, so um, ended up pulling Broke out the win this week. Oh, good logo! Ended up pulling out the win this week, twenty-four to seventeen, uh, I believe was the final score uh, over the Chicago
1: Bears. the The score was kind of like, like if you look at the end score, it kind of fools you. The Saints had control of this game the whole time, um, but the Bears kind of just hung in there for a, a while. It really was a quite dominant game. Even on both sides of the ball, we are moving the ball pretty well. It's just some things towards the end of drives just didn't click. It's kind of the theme of the season so yeah, far. Yeah. But it, it looked better, though. Yeah.
0: Rebo Hustle, <clears throat> what do you have to say about our good old neighborhood New Orleans Saints?
2: All I can think about is you being so angry that we had f- five-plus turnovers or whatever it was, and we were only winning by seven for most of the game you caused five
0: turnovers and you win by seven. To me, still a problem. Do we get a win? Yes. Does, like, six games from now, will it matter that we cause five turnovers and only won by seven? Probably not. But to me, if you want to prove that you're a team that's to be reckoned with, like prove to other teams around the league that you're not some, you know, middling team, which, I mean, we're five and four right now. Um, you want to prove that you're not this you know, sitting at 500 team that any given week can either win or lose. Uh, You have to take advantage of stuff like that that happens, and when you cause five turnovers and only win the game by seven and only
1: score 24 points in general, it just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, and a big thing to that was um, first half offense was amazing, Um, almost perfect. Defense was the one that took a step back allowed them to have 14 points. They really should have been up probably 21-14 at the half, but we were able to make them miss a field goal, drive down and kick our own. Felt pretty good. Um, but in, in the second half, the rolls kind of flipped. Defense got back in their groove. It kind of looked like they underestimated um, Bears legend Tyson Bagent. <laughs> he kind of ran all over this defense in the first half. And, um, you know, as a Louisiana sports fan, it was kind of disappointing to see that happen for two days in a row. But we'll get to that later because the other one was way worse. Way worse, indeed.
0: So, you know, we ended up pulling out the win. Um, the offense has been kind of the topic of conversation this entire season. Rebo, what would you see out of the offense that maybe you liked, didn't like, somewhere in between?
2: Um, Shockingly, the left side of the line looked better than last week. They... Uh Andrews Pete got the start uh with Hurst playing guard instead of tackle. Um moving forward, I think that might be a good combo. Her, uh Pete's been playing very well at left tackle. He looked soft last week, but this week he stepped up his game, had some real good seals. You're never gonna see him like drive a man downfield or anything like that. But uh he does his job effectively. Um First time I've heard that one in a long time. Yeah. Ever maybe. And then and then you get uh Olavi got involved in the offense really early. I think that was huge. Um all in all, it wasn't a big flashy game like we saw last week from Shahid but he was consistent as well. And that's about it from the offense. We couldn't get Kamara going, that's for sure. But the Taysom Hill package worked and worked efficiently on the goal line. I know it doesn't necessarily work from 15-plus yards out, but once you get within the three, it's a good package to go to.
0: Yeah. um, There's still something that's not working on the offense. Like, there's still – I feel like there's still one thing that as soon as that one thing clicks –
1: we'll be good to go. Yeah, I can't tell you week. what it is. It looks like we're on the cusp of scoring 40 points a week.
0: I can't tell you what it is. I don't know if it's play calling. I don't know if it's communication. I don't know if it's O-line, wide receivers, quarterback, running back. I don't know what it is. But it feels like we're just on the cusp of seeing something great. Because we have all the talent in the world, and we have seen flashes of it. I mean, in the Colts game, when we scored, I think, 38, um, put over 500 yards on the board, like, we have the talent to do that every week. It's not a question of can they do it. It's are they going to. Um, and, you know, the Bears defense isn't some superstar defense that should have been able to hold us back. Uh, Eddie Jackson did make his return like we talked about on the last episode. Um And, you know, I was listening to the first half on the radio, heard his name about 17 times. Um, you know, they have players on that Bears defense, but it's not a defense that you would expect to hold us to 24. I felt like we could have scored more. Um, however, all in all, it is a win. So, we have to we have to look at it and be positive about it.
1: Um, and the, uh, the the pickup of Montez Sweat, it was and it wasn't a big key in this game. Uh, he didn't get after the passer like we might have thought he would have. Uh, line kept, kind of kept him in check on that, but he was very disruptive in the run game.
2: I believe his snaps were limited, too, just because yeah. not knowing schemes and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so... You know, moving past this Bears game where, you know, we end up pulling out the win, we're above 500 we uh, We're going to play another team that's also 5-4 and, and a team that just came off a huge win um, with a new quarterback in the Minnesota Vikings. Josh Dobbs, we saw him come in um, against the Minnesota Vikings uh, or for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, when Jaron Hall gets hurt, he ends up throwing for, I think, like 168 and two touchdowns, 66 yards on the yeah, ground and another touchdown there. Um, played a fantastic game for somebody who never took a snap from Garrett Bradbury until the game started was literally on the sideline when Jaron Hall got hurt, teaching him his cadence. Like, it, it was a last-second, You, we have no other option here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he pulled out the win. Um, Against
1: a division opponent. Well, a, Our division our opponent. Division
0: opponent. Um, but I would venture to say the Saints' defense is a little bit better mm-hmm. than what we've seen yeah. out of last week's opponent <laughs> for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so I don't know if, you know, we'll really see what Josh Dobbs is about. He played pretty well in Arizona to start the season, gets traded in Minnesota, comes in, plays well there. Um, but this is going to be, this is going to be a tough matchup for him. Um, they are giving Minnesota a little bit higher of a chance to win this game. Um, just cause they're on a heater right now. Um, they've been playing well, even without Kirk cousins, who tore his Achilles even without Justin Jefferson, who possibly could make his return this week. Um, but what are what are we looking forward to in this next game, Saints versus Vikings?
2: The Vikings defense has been their question mark for two, three years now. So I, I, you always see them in a shootout. I don't know if the Saints offense can get it together this week in order to make it a shootout. But they aren't very aren't known to stop the run very well. They aren't known to stop the pass very well. So Pete Carmichael has an open book to work with, and we just, we'll just have to see which plays work throughout the game and if we can go back to those Um, but defensively like I think we've had trouble with rushing quarterbacks and that's what Josh Dobbs is turned to um, when he gets in trouble so I'm not sure what to expect out of the Vikings offense in general so I'm not sure if I can comment on the defense
1: yeah kind of have to agree with him it's a big question mark Vikings got a lot lot of moving pieces going forward so you really don't know what you're going to see in this game, but I do think with the the circumstances for the Vikings, um, I think our defense can can hold them together, hold them to a, a few few points. I'm not going to say zero, but I think they could hold them pretty well. Um, offense, on the other hand, um, I think I think they can pl- outperform that Vikings defense. It, it's going to be tough, uh, especially being in Minnesota. But I think they can pull a few drives out, score a few touchdowns, and our defense can hold them. Yeah. Um, like I said, this is probably the toughest challenge for Josh Dobbs yet, so
0: I trust our defense to be able to make those adjustments. Um, we saw them make adjustments at halftime last week. Baygent was running all over him. Like, it, he didn't look like some random quarterback nobody's ever heard of from a D2 school. He looked like an actual NFL quarterback who was playing pretty well against us. And then we come out at halftime, um, force a bunch of turnovers, Paulson Adebo played a, for the second week in a row, played one of his best games of his career. Um, so our defense is building up speed. Marcus may got in on the turnovers, uh, a guy who hasn't played much this season due to, you know, he started off injured and then he served a suspension. So if our defense can, you know, pull together like they did in the second half last week, uh, I'm not really worried about the Vikings putting up much points on mm-hmm. us. Um, I trust our offense to be able to put up enough to win the game. Again, we'll have to see where, you know, where that takes us. Um, Chris Olave, I've been, you know, hesitant to praise him this season, I guess you could say, um, because of, you know, what we've seen out of him, but it feels like he's starting to get out of that funk. He's starting to, you know, get his way back into the offense, scored a touchdown this week, which is going to help him a lot, as, as, you know, not only to get schemed into the offense, but to, you know, run harder and faster and feel like he's more a part of the team. So for that, I'm going to go with a score prediction. I'm going to go. Saints win the ball game 27-13.
1: 27-13.
2: I'll take Saints 21-27. Saints score 27. I think there's no way that we can't outscore them. Just like from a... I can't speak right now. You never can. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I just think that their defense isn't known to stop, uh, stop anyone pretty much. And so just to say that we or in a situation that we can get 27 points, our defense can step up and make sure that we can win the game.
1: Okay. So what was... Repeat your score prediction. 27-21. 27-21. Okay. I'll go go a little more lucrative. Lucrative? I'll go 28-14. Okay. Okay. Uh,
0: just to, you know, put it out there, the current line, Saints minus 2.5. Uh, I believe the over-under is set at 41. So... You know our scores are definitely not in line with the sport, what the sports books are thinking, but um, they, they rarely are. They they rarely are. Um, so we'll see where that takes us. That was our good for this week. Our bad for this week: Pelicans win zero two in their past two games. Um, not a great look. Lost to the Hawks on Saturday. Lost to the defending champion NBA Nuggets uh, last night. However, what's even worse than the losses is what the injury report looks like because C.J. McCollum has a collapsed lung. So, Rebo Hustle, Mr. Pelican, give us give us a rundown of what you've seen the past couple days,
2: injury report, what, what can we look forward to in the future? So, like, you saw during the Hawks game, C.J., like, hold his ribs, and so, like, pneumothorax or collapsed lung, it's like, you can feel it, it's like real crackly, it's disgusting. Um, so, he knew, like, when it happened... Um, I'm not sure what a timeline is for that, but just like specifically last night's game, we, I watched it beginning to end. It was tough seeing everyone step up. Hawkins had a career night. Matt Ryan had his second career night for the Pelicans. Um, and Zion and B.I. both scored 20 in that, or like 18 or so in that game. And to see that much effort and to we still come out with a loss, it was tough. Um, and I mean, I know it's the defending champions, but they were without their starting point guard and Jamal Murray, their second best player. I just don't see. It's it's just hard to see the Pelicans keep winning if four of their top ten guys are out of the rotation, and that's been the narrative since we started losing games. Was what what are we what are we gonna do if Jose needs to take a couple more games off or Trey's uh, rehab isn't going as well I mean I, I know Naji on the end of the bench like like he's like the last guy to come off the bench but he's still an energy guy and he's he'll play a key role in on for the team I don't know it's until we get a little bit healthy a little bit more healthy which has been the narrative for three years for the Pelicans unless we're playing somebody that isn't a playoff team I don't know if we can pull off wins, especially after the great performance from last night and still not being able to pull it off.
0: Yeah, I mean, last night we put up one sixteen. Um, so it's not like you're not putting up points. Like we put up enough points to where that that that's around the points you want to score to win a basketball game. Um Zion had twenty, BI had twenty two. Hawk, like you said, career night, thirty one points, only seven games into his rookie season. Um Looking like a good pick so far. He's the
2: most made three pointers by a rookie uh, through seven games ever. Huh.
0: If only one of us would have liked talk before the draft, huh?
2: Hey, I didn't wasn't able to watch the tournament, so uh, I'm giving you Hawk.
0: Yeah, I'll take Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming off, I mean, won a national championship too, so he knows what it takes to win. Um, but Valentinus only has six. Herb Jones only have four in the starting lineup, so. Not necessarily what you want to see out of your other two guys uh, in the starting lineup. Like you said, Matt Ryan, great night. Four for six from three, 17 total points. Um, It really does come down to depth at this point. I mean, before before the injury started coming out, there's no way we thought that Jordan Hawkins, Dyson Daniels, and Matt Ryan would be like our first three guys off the bench. Like, that was never in the cards for us. It was you know, it was Jose and Trey, are our, our two, big two off the bench, 6th and 7th man, whichever order you want to put them in, um, and then you have, you know, your bench big and Larry Nance, you have Najee coming out to get your energy, and then, you know, you would rotate in guys like Kyra Lewis and and Dyson Daniels and and Matt Ryan if you needed to, um, and of course Najee Marshall. So, like, this wasn't what we expected, but it's what we have, so we have to, you know, just roll with the punches. B.I. and Zion, I think, still have room to grow as a duo. They haven't had time yet, I don't believe. I think this was their 16th or 17th total game since they've both been on the team where they've played together. Like they they never played together. They've never had time to build that chemistry. They've never had time to really figure out what each other are doing on the court. So I think for me, that's the biggest thing is just you got to fight through the rough patches to get to the good part. Um, So for us, if BI and Zion can stay healthy, I know the rest of the team needs to pick up their health, but if they can stay healthy and figure each other out and learn how to help each other, um, I feel pretty good about what we can do in the future. We're still above five we We're only seven games into the season. Um, I think Trey should be coming back beginning of December, if I remember the timeline correctly. Jose, hopefully before that. Najee, maybe around that same time, maybe a little bit later, just because his injury was so late. Um, and then we, we have no idea what to expect with CJ. So hopefully around the turn of the new year, we can bring out our full force 10-man rotation in full health and – you know, last year that's where we took the dip is around New Year's. Hopefully, this year that's where we can make the push.
2: Yeah, last night I was scrolling through either Facebook or Instagram, but I saw somebody was saying that we need to blow up the core and just build around uh, Trey and Hawk. Which oh yeah, which is fine. Like you got two shooters that are young and could be superstars one day to build around. But to say to give up on this team after you were like. After you're in your third year of just running it back, is a bit ridiculous. Just after seven games and you're still above 500. Um, I mean, and like you said, Zion, CJ, and Bi have shared the court very rarely, and so like we're just waiting on the chemistry. And I do believe that both of those guys can, uh, both Zion and Bi, can be in an offense together, and it not look. A one step behind like it has so far this year. But that's just a chemistry thing. It's just going to be how many reps can we get in per game of behind Zion on the court. And with CJ out, it's going to be less because you're going to have to keep one of them on the court at all times.
0: Any
1: thoughts on our Pels?
2: Archery.
0: <laughs> good thought.
1: Very good no, thought. I haven't, uh, I haven't really been able to watch much of the Pels since they started. i watched a few games, watched a few clips here and there. Um, what I have seen, I've liked, I've liked out of our young players, you know, that, that ability to, to, to keep the ball moving, to make plays happen when the first or second play doesn't work out. Um, a lot of basketball IQ on this team, especially from the young guys that you weren't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think would have this kind of mentality this early. So I like what I see going forward. Um, just a couple of, you know, unlucky things happening here or there, especially with the injury to CJ um, but I do think that, you know, like you said, come December when we're starting to get those players back, it'll feel like a better team.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. And then to talk about Rebo's point with the whole blow it up thing that we saw on social media, um, that's a dumb idea, not only because we haven't had time to see them together, but if you blow it up and focus on your young guys, you're getting rid of a 26-year-old B.I. and right. a 23-year-old Zion. The whole How team much is younger young, do you right. want to get? Crazy. Like
2: yeah, and you're trading that for picks, so you're not you're not gonna have a winning season for, for another six plus years. Yeah, and not only that by but then you're going, Trey and Hawk are gonna be useless.
0: And by then they'll be the same age that B. I and Zion were once you traded them. Right. And, and also, then what do you want to do? Do it again? Yeah. And then, you know, you look at you look at the draft, you're like, Okay, I'm gonna draft a nineteen year old to replace a twenty three year old. Do you think that twenty that nineteen year old in four years is gonna become a Zion Williamson level player? Do you think in six years he's going to be a Brandon Ingram level player? Probably not.
2: We're talking about a number one and a number two pick here, and, and 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 in the NBA they don't really miss like that. I'm and so like unless you're getting guaranteed number one pick for the next three years, I'm not blowing nothing up. Exactly, a hundred percent agreed. Um, there, there's a couple players on
0: the team you know we could see us moving, um, closer to the trade deadline if. If we're buying in and we're like we have to make this playoff push and we we think we're a step away from the finals, there's a couple guys I yeah. can see us moving. Mm-hmm. Buying in is different than buying blowing in up. is different <laughs> than bl- that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, buying in is different than blowing up. Like if we get to the trade deadline and we're like, man, we're just a center away, trade Jonas and figure something out. It, yeah. But or like you know you're kind of at that point where you you can't tell where you're gonna be, um, you know if if you need to trade a bench piece, whatever whatever you need to do. But blowing up is a crazy idea for this Pelicans team um, that I know people around New Orleans may be upset with what we've done so far, but you can't be upset about what the future looks like um, with such a young team and such a team that can, we've seen them make runs before. They were the number one seed last
2: year at one point in the season. Making trades seven games into a season is the most unheard of thing. Like. We saw James Harden get traded at the beginning of the year, but we knew that he wasn't going to suit up for the Sixers ever right. again. That was a, right. that was a personal thing. Yeah, and so like just to say, oh, they're not performing. It's seven games into the season. We're seven games into James Borrego's offense, and we know how much you love James Borrego. I almost bought his picture signed. You did.
0: You almost bought a autographed eight by ten. We made a deal uh, to that Pelicans game we went to. Um, what? Who did we play?
2: Who were we playing that night? That's a great question. Don't remember. Don't remember. Um, open at night, whatever open it night. was. Knicks.
0: When Knicks, we played the yes. Knicks. Uh, on the way to the game, Rebo Hustle was like, you know, if we win by 34 tonight, <laughs> I'll buy James Borrego autographed 8x10. And it was like 15 bucks on eBay. Like It's not even like he's making some big financial investment. I no, like, it was 30. Okay.
2: Whatever the number was, it was the equal price. That's why oh. I, That's why I gave you that number. Oh, okay. Cool.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that. You didn't tell me that part. Uh, but, yeah. So, you know, the good, Saints, bad. Pelicans, ugly. Officials. LSU Tigers, <laughs> um,
2: partial officials.
0: Partial officials, indeed. Um, first half wasn't too ugly. No, you know, first we, half was great. We, we, we let I we was insanely you know, like
1: the might have been the most confident I've ever been going into halftime Bama week
0: ex- since 2019. I would say 2019, I was very confident.
1: Yeah. Um, but you know, all in all, we did lose the game uh, 42
0: to 28. Um going into halftime, it was 21-21. I felt like we had the upper hand. We were getting the ball coming out of half. Um, to be tied with Bama at that point, I felt like was a win mm-hmm. because I felt like it was going to be one of those, you have to make a push in the second half. Um, so to be tied going into halftime and expecting the ball back, I felt good. Um, we did let Jalen Milrow run all over us. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part about postgame <laughs> was when Brian Kelly had his press conference, and he got up there and said, you know what would have helped us if we used the spy look? on the quarterback. And I was like, huh, Brian, you don't say. 18 rushes, 150 yards, and four touchdowns later, you don't say. Um, so that part really annoyed me. But what did you guys see from the entire game that you think made, not necessarily made us lose, but it turned out with an L in the
1: in the column for the LSU Tigers? Uh, yeah, besides the uh, having a quarterback spy on Milro all game, it really you know if you take that out of the game right say he only gets 50 rushing yards one touchdown i think it's a completely different ball game like it was a big part i think our defense besides that played pretty well to say we played bama yeah you don't the
2: quarterback doesn't rush for 150 yards if coverage isn't good and so to see that out of the young out of the young defensive backs i was I'm, like that's a good starting point mm-hmm. um my personal favorite part of the night. I know you asked for the negatives. Was when Redfish dropped his phone. But I don't. I I don't really have much negatives past the spy, and I'm not going to sit here on a podcast and gripe about officiating.
1: Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. It would have been a different game. But it 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 by that point it was yeah. it was almost gone.
0: The only point about officiating we do have to mention is the targeting call. Yeah, yeah I think correct. outside of that. It's it's a coin flip. I mean, yeah. I mean, was, they, they did have was,
1: that uh, that horse collar and then the no horse collar. Yeah, like if you're gonna call it, you gotta call, call it both ways. it for both ways. teams, like, and
0: which is I, I I think that's fair to think. But there was also a couple times where I saw LSU commit a penalty that didn't get called yeah, or correct. Yeah, yeah, it went they, both ways. They called a bull crap penalty on Alabama. Like, yeah, obviously we're the biased, refs weren't but, great,
1: but from either side, the targeting. But the targeting call or lack has there to be thereof. Yeah. yeah, so um, that player. Uh, I saw this clip, this stat uh, on, on Twitter, on Twitter yep. a few days ago. Yep. Um, over the past season and a half, I think it was, he has had four hits on a quarterback, almost picture-perfect, identical to that one that has knocked a quarterback out of the game. Yep. He, he has knocked four quarterbacks out. And I believe they were all SEC games, too.
0: Um, I could be wrong on that, but he has knocked four quarterbacks out in a year and a half.
2: I don't have Twitter, so I didn't see this.
0: Yeah, he... It, Dallas Turner, who people think he's a fantastic player, which when he's not targeting quarterbacks, he might be. Um, But it really gives me a bad reputation of him when Mm -hmm. I see him do that and then nothing really happens. So for me, what it creates is this this concept from defensive players, specifically him, um, that's like, oh yeah, I can do this and nothing's going to happen. So I'm going to keep pushing the barrier, pushing the barrier, pushing the barrier. When you take the crown of your helmet and drive it into a quarterback's chin, After launching yourself off the ground, in midair, wrap him up and then go down on him. That's all four branches of a targeting call that got addressed in one play and they didn't call it. Like, it just makes no sense to me how it doesn't get called targeting. And not only that, but not only was it not targeting, but it's not like Jaden Daniels got up and was fine. He he,
2: laid on the field for a
0: a while, went to concussion protocol. People were rubbing his jaw, looked like it might be something wrong there um tried to come in for another play looked very not good um and then and then Nuss had to come in so it's not like you're only penal not only like you're causing a penalty that didn't get called you're physically hurting other people and getting hurt is part of football but getting hurt because somebody else did something illegal is not part of football correct um so so I feel like that's the only call as far as as refereeing goes that we you know we kind of have to talk about um outside of that I mean, like y'all said, quarterbacks can't run if the coverage is, is not good. Like, if, if somebody was open, he would have thrown it to them. Um, that being said, we, we probably should have addressed it on defense. Like, hey, this guy's doing something that we're not ready for. Let's mm-hmm. figure something out. I mean, they showed a clip of Matt House during the game just doing that. <laughs> like, when your defensive coordinator is just doing this up in the booth, not a great look. Um, it, it does get quite annoying to see an opposing quarterback rush for 150 and four touchdowns, um, and you not change anything. I mean, we saw perks by Bryce Young 95% of the time last year. We win the game. Bryce Young had a great day passing, didn't really do much on the ground. Um, and he was a mobile quarterback in college. So, you know, if we would address those little things and find find ways to take advantage on defense, I I feel like we th- this game has a different result. Do I promise we win? No. Is it closer? Probably. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of little things that didn't go our way. One thing I do want to talk about, because I know Rebo has a feeling on this, is is Nuss really the future at quarterback? Um, We saw him come in. You can't expect a guy to come in off the bench and be perfect, especially against the Crimson Tide. But we've seen him come in enough to where it's like I, he has talent. Still he can junior, throw the yeah. ball 65 yards, but this is his third year. He, when he does come in, he's kind of inconsistent. I mean, we saw him against Georgia last year, and he looked really good. And then we see him against the, like, Grambling, and he didn't look great. Or, you know, Southern last year, and he had some mistakes. Like, he's just he's just all over the place. So, we do have Colin Hurley coming in next year. Big-time recruit, five-star, right? I think
2: so. Maybe four um, and a half.
0: Bryce Underwood's the number one recruit in the country he has yet to commit, and LSU's in his top three. So... Is Garrett Nussmeyer the future quarterback? That's the question. And I just want to know if you guys have an opinion.
2: Personally, I think Colin Hurley would win the job in camp. Like, Let's say he graduates in the fall, comes to spring practice, Like, is a part of spring practice. I think he, that's where you can win the job because you're part of the offense the entire, the entire year. But if he doesn't graduate or if he's not an early enrollee, I don't know if there's an option past Nuss, because we're not rolling out Ricky Collins, that's for sure. <laughs> As someone who has seen don't know Ricky how Collins he throw in T-shirt and shorts, yeah. he definitely ain't throwing in pads. He's a great athlete, don't get me wrong, but to be, to be a scholarship quarterback?
0: <laughs> it means if you can't look good at the combine, you won't look
2: good in a game. <laughs> that's what it means. But, I mean... What's, I agree. What's the... What's what's the young guy's name again? Colin Hurley. That's his name. What's
0: that whippersnapper's name? Whippersnapper.
2: Yeah. Colin that Hurley has, like I, I saw highlights of him when he committed to LSU last year and they were good. And then I just saw an updated highlight of him from this season and they were superb. So I don't know if his team's just that much better than everybody else he's playing or is he that good. Um, I haven't. Del, do, Dovin, delve, delve into his uh, like Elite Eleven film from this past season, and that's normally where college college quarterbacks really prove their worth. Um, but I think that between Option A and Option B, Colin Hurley is my likely candidate, especially if
1: he's an early enrollee. Yeah, yeah. Any uh, thoughts? I agree with that. I haven't um, seen the film like Rebo has. Master of film, this guy. Yeah. You got to check big it out. Big film about. watcher. Um, not a big English speaker. Correct. No. Yeah, or typer.
2: Hey, I get the no. job done. <laughs> do you? <laughs> not with names, but everything else. <laughs> All right, cool. Okay. Cool. okay. Um, also not a good speller, but
1: terrible. But I do, like, I, I could see, you know, Nuss at the start of the next season being the starter um, just because of he has that veteran in him like he's had he has the experience but I wouldn't be surprised if one of the young guys comes and outplays him yeah very early into the season
0: and not only that but we talked about before the season like we had one of the best quarterback rooms in the country because we had Jaden Daniels who was and if we don't lose this game probably is the number one Heisman candidate Mm -hmm. um and then you know you had Nussmeier who from what we had seen and what we had heard, it looked like somebody who could start other places in the country, especially, you know, in group, on group of five teams. Like, he, I'm sure he's better than what a lot of non-power, I guess three it is now, conference schools are running out there, a quarterback. Um, so, this is not, I'm not trying to ask you this to say, hey, Nussmeier stinks, like, what are we no, going to do yeah, at quarterback? No, I don't think he does. It's it's just, we we have to be aware of, of something like that coming from, uh, you know, fans of an LSU team that once rolled out Brandon Harris and Anthony Jennings. Like yeah. we we yeah. have to <laughs> yeah, we have to
1: think about these kinds of we've things. We've been spoiled, but we've also had our fair share of yeah. pretty bad. Quarterbacks. I mean Joe Burrow and Jaden Daniels have treated us well. Yeah, yeah. Um but of course like Jefferson I said was one of the most electric college quarterbacks ever. He was just pretty dumb when it came to throwing the football. Ultimately yeah. inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's
0: not like LSU is QBU by any means, no. Yeah. Um, so, so it'll be interesting to see what we do at QB. Um, outside of that, wide receivers still looked great. It doesn't matter how many points we put up. Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas are fantastic
1: players. Yeah, probably two of the finalists for the that political. stat we
0: saw during the game was a fantastic stat where they were, you know, through the seven games I think it was at the time they were pretty much besting out Jamar and Justin in every stat. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I know LSU fans, and including myself, love to reminisce and highly romanticize what we saw out of Jefferson and Chase, but we're overlooking the moment and taking it for granted that we have two players who are arguably just as good on the t- uh, yeah. the team right now. Probably
1: the two best receivers in the country on the same team.
0: Two of the top five for sure. Uh, I think Burton out of Missouri is also a fantastic player. Marvin Harrison Jr. Too. Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean he's a Heisman candidate as a wide receiver so you got to put respect right. on his yeah. name. Even
2: having a bad year too.
0: Yeah. And uh, so so we have to acknowledge that we have some darn good talent on this team even though things look dreary at 6-3. and three, um, We're completely out of the playoff picture. Pretty much out of the SEC West at this point. But we still have to acknowledge that we, we have some good stuff
1: going on mm-hmm. uh, in Madden Ridge. Yeah. Hopefully we get a nice decent bowl game. Yeah, I mean we're
0: playing Florida this week. Um so we'll you know, I think they did they lose this past weekend? I believe they lost. Wouldn't wouldn't a them. Um I think <laughs> I think what happened was is you know, Florida was starting to pick up speed and people were like, Oh, Florida might Florida might be making a little run, might be making a little run. Then yes, Georgia um, by they lost in yeah, overtime. They beat my 30 time. Yeah, they beat South Carolina and they were sitting at five at five and three or five and two, and people were like, Oh, Florida's Florida's found their footing. Um, and then they lose to Georgia by twenty three, losing overtime to Arkansas. Um, so they're rolling into Baton Rouge at five and four. Coming into Death Valley, night game. We're still unsure of Jaden Daniels' health status, so we don't know who's gonna be starting the game at quarterback. However, night SEC game against an opponent that nobody in Baton Rouge likes, I feel good. Um, no matter be. what, there I think be. this is going to be our bounce back. I feel like we're going to bounce back in a big way. Um, I don't think I don't think we can afford to sit on our heels and be like, "Oh man, that Bama loss sucked." Like I'm pretty, I don't know because I'm not in the building, but it feels like the guys came back into the building this week and we're like, "It's the, it, we got to play now." Like we're out of the SEC West, we're out of the playoffs. Most people think you have nothing to play for. That's when guys play the most motivated. I mean, we saw in the Texas Bowl two years ago when we had a wide receiver. Playing quarterback, and those guys were out there, and they were still trying. They were still having fun. They were still playing. Um, so I say, let's go for it. Let's let's prove to the country that we're not some some schmucks. Um, we're still a ranked team. We can still make a yeah. still make a good bowl game. Still have some fun. Still got to give uh, these the recruits the a reason to come to bed. Absolutely. Um, so I'm looking forward to the game this weekend. Um, may or may not be in Death Valley when it happens. So we'll see. Probably gonna be a lot of grilled gator probably will be a lot of grilled gator. Definitely in the dining halls. They do that every year. Good luck by LSU. Um, but I, I like LSU to bounce back this weekend. Um, for score prediction, I'm going to do two different ones, one with Jaden, one without Jaden, because we don't know his health status. <laughs> if it's with Jaden, I'll go 38 to 20. If it's without Jaden, I'll go 28
1: to 20. Okay. Um, well, I guess I'll do the same. I'll go with Jaden, 42-24, without 23-17.
2: Okay. All right. So, my last takeaway from the Bama game, we didn't get there. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, you're good. But uh, the offensive tackles looked... Can never never win with Rebo Can never win The offensive tackles looked amazing I never actually noticed Emory Jones Like at all I just thought he was serviceable But like there were several plays Like you can ask Redfish I was just like Oh my god Emory Jones is a legend Like
0: legit maybe every third play He was just like Oh I love Emory Jones And I was like Okay what He's Dude, that was like a
1: two-yard rush. Like I'm, the only person I'm I've ever heard of in that watches the O line. He only watches the O
0: line too. Like I will say something about a receiver and be like, "No, you, you, that's that has nothing to do with anything." Garrett Dellinger just got his butt beat. I'm like, what?
2: What are you talking about? I for real, like they had a highlight, like they replayed a highlight, and I was like, "No, no, no, no. watch Emery this play." <laughs> but Emery played amazing. Will Campbell played amazing. Can't win them all. He like Dallas Turner beat him on the. Penalty, -penalty. non-penalty. But that moving forward, we have them for guaranteed another year is amazing. Yeah. And we learned the other night that we have another year of Dellinger if we want him. Dude. It's so weird. He's he's got to be be 40. (laughs) He's 40.
0: Yeah, he feels like he's been there a while. I feel like he's he's older than Ethan Posich
2: at this point. yeah. Yeah, the only person on the offensive line that. Probably not returning is Charles Car- Charles Turner. Mm-hmm. So not Charles Cross. Not Charles Cross. He's, no. he's e. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also didn't play at LSU. True. And he's a left tackle.
2: <laughs> anyway, continue. So the panic that we had a couple weeks ago trying to figure out what the offensive line was going to look like in a year isn't as bad because we get both guards back. We'll probably just have a, uh, Ooh, what's his first name? His last name is Martinez. Marlon. Marlon Martinez. Yep. Probably just step in at center. Um, But, I mean, maybe even Dellinger moves to center. He played a little bit before. But, other than, like, that was my biggest takeaway from the Bama game. Offensive line looked great against a very good Bama front. Very good yeah, Bama D-line. Yeah. Um, score predictions, I don't even know. I don't even want to think about not having Jaden. But it's very likely he like, went into pro- – concussion protocols and all
1: wjd and wojd
2: well yeah so with Jaden daniels i'll take i like byron's 42 i'll give florida 24 let's go with the opposite scores oh
1: hmm. interesting i know what you said cool that is exactly what hey. i said it's a great score prediction can what can say I say? Path, Yeah. <laughs> Can't deal with these guys. And then family. without Jaden Daniels. Oh, maybe we will say
2: 23-14. What did Bryce say for without Jaden <laughs> He It doesn't 20. matter. What do you okay. think?
1: Um, So
2: without Jaden, 24-14. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> All right, Reese. Good to know.
0: Thank you. <laughs> uh, love messing with Rebo. All no right, before we move dump. on, before we move on to the bets, and this is a semi betting category. Um, I wanted to you know throw in something fun. I said before, you can calm down. Um, before can't have nothing nice. Can't with take Scott. him anywhere. Can't take him anywhere. Um, not even look not, at him smiling. Not like even like our own house. Uh, an idiot. But <laughs> but before you know, before we get into the bets, I wanted to do something you know a little fun, a little something to get out of our normal. Uh, routine here and talk about. You know, we're at the midseason point for the NFL. And, uh, you know, not necessarily if the season ended today, who would be your pick, but based on what they've done so far, based on what you project in the second half, who do you think is going to win the awards in the NFL? Um, so I'll start us off. Um, I'm, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure ours are fairly close. Yeah. So I'll go and, right after you. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Uh, so for me, the. Here's what I went with. MVP, I went with Jalen Hurts. Uh, he is on the best team. Um, he is, you know, top five in almost every category. Um, having a year. Having a great year. And, honestly, I think this isn't even as – I think he played better last year. Um, and I think he was second. On track to play better. Mm-hmm. And he was he was second in betting. Um, betting odd for Jalen Hurts to win MVP. So, I took Jalen Hurts. Offensive player of the year. I took Tyreek Hill. He has been on an absolute heater this season. Um but for me, between MVP was two and Jalen Hurts, and there's no way they double down at Dolphin. Um, and I think Tyreek Hill is closer to winning his award than Tua is to his. So I went Tyreek Hill to win Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year, Miles Garrett. He's been dominating this season. I mean, in every facet of the game, Miles Garrett is unstoppable. Uh, dark horse for that, I think, is Max Crosby because um, yeah. the Raiders are starting to get a little bit hotter. He's shirtless in the locker and room. he's he's having some fun. Um, but there's no stopping Miles Garrett, so I went with him at defensive player of the year. Uh, Coach of the year,
1: By Dan Danny Campbell, CDC.
0: MCDC, Dan Campbell. Um, Lions are having a great year. I expect them to continue on that route. Uh, defensive rookie of the year is a toss-up. I mean, I went Jalen Carter, but nobody like we talked about before this started. Nobody's really standing out too too much. Um, and then the one I was most excited to pick, uh, offensive rookie of the year, C J Stroud. Um yeah, four seventy and five touchdowns against the Bucks. Sixty two fantasy points. Like we'll we'll talk about it. Um <laughs> CJ Shroud's having an amazing season for any quarterback, let alone a rookie. And man oh man am I glad that uh I was I was high on him coming into the draft. Maybe I it's hard to claim a guy who goes number two, but um at least he acknowledged
2: it this time. But but it is it, it's, it's
0: still a it still looks good when you say He's going to be the next Aaron Rodgers, and then he comes out and throws 470 and 5. Still a good um, take. Still a good take. So, so that's my award predictions. Where do you guys land as far as yours go?
1: Um, Yeah, like I predicted, ours are pretty similar. However, I did double up on Dolphins. I do think if they continue what they have shown so far this season, if they can figure out how to win these games, that Tua and Tyreek could both hold some trophies at the end of the season besides the Super Bowl. Interesting. I said it. So <laughs> I did take two of her MVP, <laughs> uh, and Tyreek for Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. I also had Miles Garrett Coach of the Year. I also had MCDC. Same with Rookie of the Year with CJ Stroud. I mean, that's kind of he's running away with it at this point. Yeah, his only other competition got hurt in a chain. Yeah, he was having a great year, and then at the beginning of the year, everybody was thinking Puka,
0: but Rams have been
1: yeah, kind of falling off the fall, cliff. So
0: falling off. Um, And also, it's a
1: quarterback award. I mean, it is what it is. Um, But Defensive Player of the Year. um, Defensive Rookie of the Year? That's what I meant. Yeah. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Like he previously stated, it's like no one's really standing out. Like, I do think Jalen Carter's having a pretty good year uh, after we looked at his stats, but no one's really standing out. And I think that in the next half of the season, if a player were to stand out, it would be Brian Branch. So I went with Brian. The Lion, you say? We've seen so many flashes of him already this season that I think if the Lions keep winning, he keeps playing a big role in that defense, he'll get recognized. B and L, baby. B and L. And then um, Comeback Player of the Year. Brand new Lions. Obviously, I took Josh Dobbs.
0: I forgot Comeback Player of the Year. I'll take anyone other than DeMar Hamlin.
1: Yeah. DeMar Hamlin's currently the... The front-runner? Listen,
0: all the respect and love in the world. Yeah, right. He
1: overcame something. You know,
0: he, I mean, he was arguably medically deceased on the field and then ends up being able to come back and play football again. However, it's hard to give somebody an award when they're literally inactive and not playing. Um, so all the respect and love to DeMar Hamlin in the world, but I think this should be for a guy like Josh Dobbs who – barely even played last season, came in, played for the Titans. I think their last week was a win-and-end game and ended up losing that one. Um, Like a guy like Tua, who fought through so many injuries last year and he comes out and he's an MVP candidate this year. Um, Like, I think it it should be reserved for a guy like that. But, again, feel-good story, DeMar Hamlin, you never know. Rebo, what's your awards looking like?
2: Mine also similar to both of yours, uh, but I went the double eagle route. I went... I like that. I went Jalen Hurts for MVP. Can't say it enough. He's having an incredible year. Maybe it's not as good. Maybe he's not on pace to have as good a year as he did last year, but nobody's really stepping out. Like, no quarterback is rising above the rest this year. Um, and then we've got A.J. Brown for Offensive Player of the Year. That's six games in a row that he had 125 uh, receiving yards. Mm-hmm. Um Last night, night before last, whatever it was, yeah, Sun, the, Sunday night, Sunday, evening. Sunday, Sunday afternoon, yeah, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that was the first game that he didn't, and he still had like seventy eight yeah. yards and a touchdown, like he was
2: still an amazing play. Yep, and then I've also got miles Miles Garrett. It's hard for a defensive lineman to literally win you a game, and they played the Colts earlier this year. He had like three strip sacks. And blocked a field goal. Like, yeah, he won them that game. They won <laughs> yeah. by two. Yeah. Um, I've also got McDC. Hard to say. He hasn't turned around the Lions' organization. Yeah,
1: I mean so. the other the other, in DeMico, my opinion, yeah. the the other coach that could possibly win it would be Demico Ryan's for those Texans, if they can continue to win games. My two
2: teams who are not the Saints. Looks good for me. <laughs> And then we're going to hand another one to C.J. Shroud. It's undeniable. I don't know if... Unless he just all of a sudden throws four interceptions per game for the next for the rest of the year. He's only thrown one all season. I know. And it's to Zach Bond. <laughs> <laughs> don't remind me. <laughs> Who then fumbled it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't have even have been counted, if we're being honest. And defensive rookie of the year, we talked about how nobody's really stepped up and been the guy. I agree with Byron. I think if anybody's going to step up, anybody has shown their the ability to be a huge playmaker on defense is Brian Branch. So I took Brian Branch. Um, and then I also went Josh Dobbs for comeback player of the year. Nice.
0: I'm uh, I'm having a good year as far as NFL takes go. It feels pretty good. Um, what I'm not having a good year at? Betting. Betting. <laughs> um, yeah. We're going to make the betting quick. Hey, we hit last night.
1: All of us as a collective.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. good. Did, that did feel good, um, last night and the night before, right?
2: No, no. It was okay. just the night before. Just, it was just Sunday, just, night.
0: Sunday just Sunday night. I had a I had a parlay last night. Yeah, um, we did not on the Chargers Jets game. It was a small little parlay, not important. I wasn't um, home before the game started, so um, I must have
2: not been a part of it.
0: Correct. Correct. Yeah, we um, literally put, put it in three. It weeks was and it was. It didn't work. Uh, so anyway, let's let's you know. I, I went 0 for three with a push this weekend. Did not play great. Um, we'll ignore that. We'll go quick through the bets. Mustang Uh, I went one for four The only thing that hit was Missouri Plus fifteen and a half right, And Rebo has the title Which means
2: I went three for three with a push baby
0: Hey We love to hear it Last week we said One of us was going to look smart The other two were going to look like idiots Or the other way around (laughs) Turns out Rebo was the Lone Ranger Um, So since you won Give us your bets first We'll go through this quick And then we can get on to What Byron wants to talk about Yeah
2: (laughs) Well you can even talk about it too Because you beat me But Hey 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 No spoilers Jeez some people. All right. I've got a bit of a funky bet this week. Funky Barley. We're going Bells versus T Wolves. Uh huh. Pells plus seven tomorrow night. Okay. I, I like that. I know that we're without CJ, but it's tough to lose by seven to a play in team. I like that. Um. Then I've got the Bucks versus the Pistons, Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Forgot that I'm also going to be talking about the NFL too. So Milwaukee Bucks versus the Detroit Pistons. Okay, uh, minus twelve. I think it's a blowout. Well, you also never tomorrow know. night. A Thompson. And then not looking good. Airballing quite a bit. <laughs> Airballing <laughs> a lot. Uh, and then I've got Bryce's Detroit Lions minus two and a half. I forgot yeah, you who do. they're playing. Uh,
0: Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers. Yes, the
2: Chargers. And then my college football bet, because we might as well touch them all. I've got... <laughs> Clip that. <laughs> yep. Pause. <laughs> I've got Duke <laughs> plus 13 and a half at UNC. I think UNC's frauds. I'm just going to put that out there. All, all right. I
0: agree. UNC is frauds.
2: Um, You know I I kind of like
0: that
1: bet. It's um, funky. It's, fu- it's weird, but I like it. I like weird. Maybe you should add another leg and throw in college basketball. Absolutely not. Yeah. Way maybe Maybe
0: bet on next year's futures MLB um, since they're done. <laughs> as a part of the parlay, yeah. Yeah, NCAA <laughs> women's basketball as well. Yeah. Um, just throw it all in there. Uh, I'll go with mine.
2: I liked Rebo's. What was the odds on that parlay, by the way? Oh, my bad.
0: Yeah, it was your, yeah, you your bad. Let me,
2: let me round them out again. Pelicans plus seven. Milwaukee Bucks minus 12. <laughs> The Detroit Lions, minus 2.5, and and the Duke Blue Devils, plus 13.5. You can get that at 12.17, plus 12.17. There
0: we go. Big big odds. Hmm. Um, So, I'll start with mine. I also had Lions, minus 2.5, playing the Chargers. Chargers had the least inspiring 21-point win I've ever seen last night. Absolutely. Like, their offense looked like trash and still somehow won the game. We literally turned the game off.
1: Keenan had a (laughs) pretty good catch.
0: Yeah, Keenan Allen had some great plays. um, Not enough to win a fantasy matchup, nope, but not, not uh, I'll take Lions. I, I went with the sound man way of betting. I went with two spreads and over-unders um, since he seems to hit quite a lot. Um, I parlayed four of those. Um, so I went Detroit Lions minus 2.5 and, and the over on that matchup. Overs at 48.5. Um, I think both defensive have shown, have shown some weaknesses, and I think this will be one of those games where – they're throwing the ball until the end. Both quarterbacks will have a lot of attempts, uh, which will lead to a lot of points. So I'm going Lions minus 2.5, over 48.5. And, and then I have another matchup, which is uh, the Cardinals versus the Falcons. Cardinals may have Kyler Murray and James Conner back at the same time. Um, so when you go from Clayton Toon and Amari demarcado to Kyler Murray and James Conner, I think things are looking up for you. Falcons haven't shown that they are able to win consistently, and they looked bad against a bad... I mean... They looked bad against Josh Dobbs, um, and I think Kyler Murray is better than Josh Dobbs at full health. So I am going to take. I am going to take the Cardinals to get back their health and get back to the winning column. Um, Cardinals plus one and a half on the spread, and then the under in that matchup at under forty three. Uh, Falcons also don't use Bijan Robinson, who's arguably their best player. So I don't trust anything that they do. Uh, so Cardinals plus one and a half, under forty three. Lions minus two and a half, over forty eight. Uh, Four leg parlay nine seventy one.
1: Okay, um, guess that leaves me. Some would say uh, first leg of my parlay, a hot get hotter. Um, Browns at Ravens, Ravens money line. That that, that was the easiest in mine.
2: Ravens money line is like the easiest leg like, of all time. Right. That was they're only
1: two point favorites. I was right. very close to clipping Ravens. Browns haven't been playing people one. close. Yeah. Um, moving on, also have the Detroit Lions minus two and a half in LA. We're all missing one or all making one. We'll see how that goes. And then, uh, as you heard Redfish just talk about Cardinals trying to get back on a heat a heater, some would say. Uh, so I took Falcons minus one and a half. Makes sense. And then lastly, might be the biggest spread I've seen. All season in the NFL. Giants plus 16 and a half against the Cowboys. Wow. We saw the Cowboys put a hurting on them early in this season. I don't think they let it happen again. See, I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but 16 and a half points is a lot of points if the If I would have seen that, I would have taken the Cowboys spread.
0: You would have. Daniel Jones towards ACL. Darren Waller's on IR. Giants might put, put might put up zero points. Legitimately might put up zero points. They put up zero points last
1: time. They can't get beat like that twice in the same season. I, you I doubt disagree. them? <laughs> I disagree.
0: When your whole offense is Saquon Barkley, which I love Saquon. Don't get me wrong. But when the only player you have in your offense is Saquon Barkley, you're like the Toronto Huskies and hey. you're going to go
1: 2-7. Tyrod Taylor is a dog.
0: Tyrod Taylor's hurt. They're starting Tommy DeVito. Who? Exactly, Tommy DeVito is the Giants' starting quarterback. I didn't know Tyrod was also. How he, he did hurt? not He's hear, hear bad my bad Toronto play. No, oh, I heard it. I oh, heard okay, you. Yeah. okay,
1: we're tanking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, you can combine that plus eight ninety
0: five. All right, so you have the low odds for once. Usually, you're the high odds. Correct. Um, but they're all. I mean, we're all plus eight hundred or more. Um, so you know, we just like to have fun. This is never like a. Yeah. Bet a hundred dollars on this and you're gonna for sure win. This is just like Don't a do that. these are things we think may happen. It'd be cool if they all happened at the same time. Uh so moving on from the betting, we'll talk about fantasy football, I guess. Um this one's definitely gonna be less than five minutes, I promise. So we make calling sure this, it's like more. the fantasy two.
1: I'll make sure um, it's more.
0: I'll start off with my good uh, Rebo and I played in our secondary league of record where all three of us were seven and one going into the week. I pulled out a win in my matchup, he unf-
2: he unfortunately lost to me. So uh
0: lot. yeah, by by like 35 points. Yeah, just um,
2: needed Austin Eckler to score like 49 and a half or something like that. Yeah, that didn't you know. happen.
0: Um so I go to 8 and 1, he drops to 7 and 2, which he's still third in the league, so it's literally no big deal. Uh where you ended up winning as well. So we're the only two 8 and 1 teams left. Correct. Yeah. Shout out
1: to the Mouse Cookie, shout out to Gordita Lettuce. Cookies. I forgot that was my own team's name. <laughs> um yeah, my, my team in the Dynasty League kind of underperformed, but it was okay. My opponent uh, played some people who were hurt. It happens, I guess. He, no, Well, he just has a really bad team.
0: Let's yeah. be honest. Sorry, yeah. Clown Car. We love yeah, you, but uh, you put up 127 points. Yeah.
1: Like, I didn't put up. I only put up 183. Yeah. So, I, I beat him by 60, but.
0: Now, to be fair, for the people who don't understand this league, um, we have IDPs and the scoring's a little bit boosted here and there. Um and it's big rosters, so scoring 183 is kind of like a an average in the league. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's normally
1: I'm like 250 plus. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm, I think I think I'm leading the league total in points, and I average like 193. So, um, it, it's 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 a little bit boosted scoring as opposed to the normal fantasy league. But what are you looking at? Are you? He is. Yeah, I'm, I have 1917 points. i I'm leading the league. Thank you. Uh, anyway, ESPN, Fantasy League, League of Record, Big Money League. Uh, um, I, Rebo and I don't want to talk about it. Byron, go ahead. Gladly. Um, as some of you may know. Off of one player. One singular some player. Of you may, only uh, reason he won. Some of you may know.
1: Don't as we stated old. last week, that we were having... Still only have three wins. We were having a battle <coughs> in Fantasy this week Still in the Big Money the League. So, the one that really matters. Can't even sniff him. And... Um, as y'all have heard about my team it's just put been put through the ringer but I didn't give up never back down should have given what
2: up. and the Detroit Lions were on by
1: yep get you every time um and like the worst part was my running back was out this week with an injury and I was kind of you know looking down this week I knew my opponents were tough
2: where keyword keyword were were
1: yeah but big shout out. To C.J. Stroud. 4.75 touchdowns. My love for him just came back to bite me, man. <laughs> he get me 61.8 points. Man, it feels good to be a gangster. You know, if he
0: would have just hit his average, we would have won the game. That's all I'm saying. He averages about 22 points. If Geno Smith wouldn't have scored one 28, point. 28.3 we won the points. Game. He averages 28. Yep. Okay, so subtract what is that, 33 points, we lost, okay, we lost by 36. So it would have been a very, very close matchup. Had C.J. Stroud put up his average and Geno Smith put
1: up more than three. <laughs> that, yeah, that was the the, the killer for y'all was Geno Smith putting up 4.6 points. I mean, what are we doing, Geno? What are we doing, man? But, um, you know, moving on to next week, who do y'all play? Hmm. Let's see. That's a great question. You play the meat swords. And Jack, who is five and four, and six and three, his team is kind of decent. He's kind of been on a a slump the past few weeks. He's trying to. It looks like he's trying to play the uh, free agent market. Yeah, I mean, Mm. he had a lot of faith in some young guys. Okay,
0: no, I'm looking at his team right now. Uh, I think we're going to win that matchup. He has Jamal Williams in in his starting lineup, so I feel good.
2: Because Pacheco, Pacheco Pacheco's on by.
1: by. yeah. So we'll we'll see where that matchup yeah, takes he'll us he'll probably it, if I had to guess he'll probably try and pick someone up. I trust Rhythm and Blues to come um, out 7 and 3. Starting Will Levis, by the way. I play yeah. the Yo-Yo Smugglers. Oh, a father-son duo. Yeah. We both have plenty of players on by. Yeah, uh, sounds about right. <laughs> However What's your record though? Uh I am now 3 and 6. Okay.
2: The Outside looking at it, yeah, we're three. six and
0: three. Um, hey. Don't want to guarantee the playoffs for us, but if we if our team can you know continue to perform continue to perform how they did prior to this week with you know our two biggest players going on by, who could um, we are without our actual best player this week, which is AJ Brown. Um, but luckily, we have a great bench wide receiver in Jordan Addison to go ahead and fill in for him, uh, who will be playing the Saints. So we'll see how that goes. Ooh, that um, could be detrimental. Could be detrimental. However, I think they're going to be passing the ball a lot because they're going to be down, which means you're going to hyper-target your best player. And if Justin Jefferson comes back, that looks even better for Jordan Addison.
1: I agree. Um, because we're going to be – Marshall's going to be probably yeah. shadowing. Yeah, he might not get the same amount of catches as he would if Jefferson was out, but he might get –
0: he more might have yards, yeah, maybe. More, he might more have touchdowns. one one long play, like a 35, 40 yard catch. Um, that'll help us out. So we'll see where that goes.
1: Um, anything else to talk about before we go ahead and uh, oh, wrap it up with a yeah. bell? Um, Want to give a quick shout out to Off the Dome's own Gage Gill, now a professional MMA fighter. Um, went into Mississippi last weekend. It was Friday night. Yep, Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. Um, fighting for a new brand this weekend, and that's a CFFC Cage Fighting Fury Championship. Uh, some big names in there. Uh, a lot of, a lot of UFC fighters, or even people who made it to the Contender Series or Ultimate Fighter, have come from this area from, uh, the CFFC. That kind of gets me. But he improves to six and zero on his career. With yet another first-round TKO, he has yet to have a fight reach the second round. It's good luck. Caught him a... Uh, you know, the the fight, it was... It started off hot. You know, they were both going back and forth. Gage was, you know, definitely had the upper hand. The opponent started reeling, tried to t- get a takedown on him, which Gage dodged. It kind of got against the cage. And um, Gage was able to get out of it, and that's when you saw them come back to the middle of the ring. And um, if you haven't seen the clip, check it out on Twitter. But... They both go at each other, start throwing hands, and Gage dips. I think it was the opponent's right jab, dips it, comes back, right hook, hits him around the eye, and um, opponent stumbles back a little bit. But then you know, looks like he's ready. And then as Gage is coming forward on him, he backs down and like falls to the ground, rolls all the way the other side of the cage. Uh, it looked kind of freakish at the time. You know, obviously the referee stepped in and stopped the fight. Opponent started grabbing his eye. We, uh, nobody really knew what happened. Announcers, you know, they were waiting on medical to get some kind of information. Turns out uh, Gage Gill shattered his orbital bone oh, with a punch. That'll do so, it. Well, I'll let it speak for itself, but keep a lookout for Gage Gill going forward. Gage the Gremlin Gill. Um, I'm sure you'll find his next fight on our social media somewhere. We'll be posting it. Go check him out. He's he's got a bright future in the UFC
0: yeah he's really good at what he does um we've talked to him in the past and um you know he he cares about his career and uh, obviously you can tell he's he he's fighting for you know to keep on going I mean he's undefeated so you know you know that he's good at what he does yeah. um so shout out to Gage the gremlin um shout out to staying undefeated first round TKO uh can't wait to see where his career takes him um so I think that's gonna that's gonna wrap us up with a little bell. Put a bow on top. Yeah. OTD's out for the day. Uh, it's been a good episode, as always. You know, got to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, also got to talk about, you know, the NFL in general. Uh, hopefully that belt doesn't stay on Rebo's waist next week. Um, and then fantasy football looking forward. Uh, hopefully it gets better for the rhythm of blues and worse for the lettuce. Anyway. Um, Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Um,
1: but this has been fun. I am Redfish. Rebo Hustle. Ah, almost did it. Almost did it. A Mustang. (laughs) I don't know what he almost
0: did, but what we are going to do is roll on out of here. This has been OTD, and we will see you
1: next time.